Hello, and a warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast, which I'm very pleased to say is our first of this fine new year, <laughs> 2021. And even better, I am very happy today to be joined by Naima Zyla. Naima is a legal coordinator with Barbary, and she joined in April 2020. What a fine time to join an organization. <laughs> and she has also just started the Barbary SQE 40-week preparatory course uh, and will be sitting the UK SQE exam, which is the new solicitor's qualifying exam, this November. Now, if you're not familiar with Barbary, they have partnered with Africa Legal previously to create pretty useful content which explores the benefits of African lawyers qualifying into the US and the UK. And they're very proud to have an alumni network, which is 1.3 million strong and over 50 years of legal exam prep innovation and a pass rate success, which is pretty unparalleled. There are more licensed attorneys who have passed the US state bar exams by trusting Barbary than any other courses combined. So, Naima, an absolute pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, let's dive right in. Now, we're here today to talk predominantly about changes to how non-UK qualified lawyers can expand their practice to the UK. Now, this has traditionally taken place via the QLTS, the Qualified Lawyer Transfer Scheme, but there are big changes afoot. Could you give us a rundown on the QLTS and what those interested in UK qualification need to be aware of, how that QLTS is changing, what they need to act on or be aware of now? Brilliant. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, first things first with the QLTS, um, the QLTS obviously stands for the Qualified Lawyers Transfer Scheme. Now, it is uh, the only scheme that we've had here in the UK that has allowed foreign uh, qualified lawyers in other respective jurisdictions to cross-qualify and uh, also come to be qualified here in England and Wales. Now, the QLTS um, will come to be completely replaced um, by November 2021, so this November, as a result of the fact that we now have um, a solicitor's qualifying exam. So that's the SQE, and it will come to be a uniform way of qualification um, in England and Wales. So um, for those who are qualified lawyers in other in other jurisdictions who are thinking about doing, uh, who are thinking about cross-qualifying into the UK, the QLTS will no longer be available as of this summer. So if you are thinking about qualifying, you would likely need to consider um, sitting the final couple of sittings of each of those exams. So the QLTS consists of uh, stage one, which is an MCT, and then stage two, which is the OSCE. Um, now, if you are thinking about doing the QLTS before it's replaced by the SQE, um, you have one more opportunity to sit the MCT portion. So that's stage one of the QLTS. Um, and MCT, this, just for clarification, is multiple, multiple choice, choice test. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, you'd be surprised that how many people aren't aware of that. So, yes, so MCT standing for multiple choice test. The final uh, exam that you can take, which is a multiple choice test for the QLTS, is this July. So, if you are thinking about qualifying, the, the, the main thing to think about is you genuinely have one more opportunity um, to sit the MCT. 
which will be this July. And should you not take this opportunity to sit the MCT, you will have to think about doing the the new SQE route. Um, if you are able to sit this MCT this July and you pass, then you are within the remits of still being able to be qualified through the previous system of the QRTS. Now, um, that means that if you sit the exam in July and you pass, you'll get your results in August. You then have two more opportunities to sit the second stage of the QRTS. So that's the OSCE, which stands for Objective Clinical Skills Examination. Um, and essentially, that's just um, all of the elements of uh, how you come to operate like a lawyer. So it will check. Um, it will examine your legal drafting, legal writing, client interviewing. So the second stage of the QLTS, should you pass the MCT in July, um, you will have two opportunities to do that. That will be November this year, so November 2021. And then finally, one more opportunity to sit uh, the OSCE in May. May 2022. So that's May next year. So for those of you who are wanting to do the qualified lawyers transfer scheme, you are genuinely running out of time. Your final opportunity to sit the MCT is this July. Should you not take that opportunity, you will have to sit the SQE. Um, it is obviously brand new. Um, the first exam will be November 2021. Um, and therefore I would recommend um, for just about anybody, but if you, if you do want to do this QRTS to apply now. Okay, interesting time. So, so look, the, the door is closing on the QLTS, but there's still <laughs> a crack, you know, people, people yes. should be aware of that. <laughs> Um, the opportunity is still there, but look, let's for the for the sake of a nice forward thinking discussion, let's let's just make the point that that availability is still there, but soon to be gone. Absolutely. Let's turn to focus on what you're currently invested in, which is the 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 SQE, the new solicitor's qualification exam. And I understand this is the examination which is being applied for both domestic. Uh, qualification and and international qualification. So everyone qualifying as a lawyer in the UK is going to be undertaking the same tests and exams. Is is that Absolutely. the case? Yes. So it's it's a new uniform way. That that was the idea behind it for for the SRA. They wanted it to be the uniform way of qualification, regardless of whether you're an international lawyer in Africa or you're a um, an LLB candidate who's just graduated in the UK. Okay, good to see. And uh, so, look, you're you're currently in the middle of it, as it were, when it comes to the uh, preparatory course for the SQE produced by Barbary. Uh, So what are your top tips for our listeners to be aware of when it comes to embarking on UK qualification? Is it a case of acting now to avoid the differences between the SQE and the QLTS? Uh, Or, you know, with the right help, do you think the SQE shouldn't look so scary, for want of a better word, after all? Uh, absolutely. I think you can look at both of those, uh, those two outcomes and, and there is, there's definitely a yes and no in both. I would say that acting now to try and avoid the SQE would seem like the most sensible thing to do, considering you, the SQE has never, uh, been, uh, no one's ever taken it before. You know, the QLTS has been trialed and tested. Um, we have pass rates for our QLTS. We've got um, Kaplan's averages for a national kind of average for candidates who take the QRTS, you know 
um, with something that has been done before, exactly how hard you need to work in order to be able to to to, to, re to receive a, a a result because it's been trialed and tested. Whereas with the SQE, it hasn't. So in a way, I would say for those people who have the opportunity to do the QLTS, why would you possibly put yourself in a situation where you're going to try something out that has never been tried out before? Um, if you do have the opportunity to, to, to do that final MCT. So, so if you have the time and you can do the final MCT, um, MCT this, um, this July, I would definitely do it. However, if you don't have the time and you are thinking about qualifying in the UK and you're unable to do that this year, for example, the SQE shouldn't look so scary, especially because stage one of the SQE mirrors the MCT portion of the QLTS. Now, um, one of the main things that the SRA were trying to do with, with bringing about this kind of uniform way of qualifying was, of course, to put everybody in the same position, but also uh, the MCT portion of the exam of the SQE mirrors not just the QLTS stage one, but also the multi-state uh, bar portion of um, the examinations in the states. So the state has um, an MCT portion um, of their exams to qualify as well um, and therefore it will come to be a uniform way of qualifying in the sense that other jurisdictions have taken this MCT before and if you are um, uh, thinking about qualifying in the UK the QLTS um, stage one and the MC um, which be in the MCT and the SQE stage one is, is, is in essence the same thing it does mirror it it's um, so it, in a way you shouldn't be so afraid um, to take the SQE if you are a qualified lawyer just because you would have been thinking about taking the MCT anyways with the QLTS and it's a very similar kind of exam um, both exams 360 questions two days 180 questions each day five hours spent in front of a computer. I know that sounds uh, pretty scary, but it's, it's, so it's a five-hour day in front of a computer. So um, I would say that in both routes, there are positives and there's also naturally some negatives as well. And I mean, look, a big caveat here as well is, yes, you're not going to have those hard proven metrics around pass rates and so on, Absolutely. but, you know, Barbary's got the the pedigree. You've got the roadmap. You've been you. It's not like you've only ever helped people pass the QLTS. You've been doing it on a state by state basis in the US with all of the bar exam courses. Um, you've been assisting in other ways of learning. Um, so look, I, I mean, I think you'd be in safe hands. Yes, there are some new changes coming, but you can trust in the likes of Barbary to be providing you with the right support, the right coaching to see you through these changes as, as, as they are incredibly necessary. Now look with, with Barbary and Africa legal, we've previously explored some personal stories around the benefits of UK qualification for African lawyers through, uh, you know, a series of interviews and articles that were published all the way back from 2019. Um, but for those new to this topic and opportunity, what do you personally see as the key benefits for UK qualification uh, for African lawyers? Well, for me, I would say, look, English law um, is also, well, it's, it, it tends to be the kind of preferred law in many contractual disputes um, regarding any sort of multinational companies, um, which I think would 
on the whole, be uh, a bigger advantage um, of, of qualifying in England and Wales as opposed to Canada, New Zealand or Australia, for example. Um, and that has a lot to do with um, there being no restrictions after qualifications. So with uh, the QLTS and also what will happen for the SQE, so long as it's a qualified lawyer taking, it, taking on the exam, um, is that there are certain... Um, elements, articles that you will not need to do again. So in, in your country, um, you would likely have passed certain articles when you were attempting to become an attorney. So the good thing about England and Wales is that unlike these other jurisdictions, there's, there's really no time for restrictions after qualifications. Um, and also, I think with the fact that English law is generally used a lot in corporate and commercial disputes as well, I think anybody who's thinking about internationalizing their career, um, having a qualification in England and Wales really does give you that kind of passport for, um, for global interactions. Um, so if, if, if you are thinking about international law and, and, and cross-qualifying cross in England and Wales is definitely a good way of, of, of um, broadening your, your capabilities and your skill set. And that cross-qualification and broadening, I think, are two very important words there. Because from my own experience talking with and working with lawyers who have cross-qualified, this should be viewed very much in, as a, of an expansion to your existing profile and career and, and uh, client base or ability to deliver goods and services as a lawyer. It's not resetting. It's not diminishing your qualification in your own home jurisdiction. It's simply internationalizing the way that you can deliver uh, legal advice, who you can deliver legal advice to and how. So I feel like that's a very important point to be made here here as well. And uh, Naima, look, education as a whole has obviously been significantly disrupted by the COVID pandemic. So I'm interested, what has Barbary been doing and supplying to offset such drastic changes to ensure things like continuity of learning and the actual ability to take these courses? So the good thing about what we have been always doing is that the our entirety of most of our courses are online. Um, we do have uh, in-classroom options, but the good thing about Barbary is that our PSB is entirely online. So where I feel like many companies have had to adapt as a result of everything that's occurred in the past year, they've had to change the way that they are doing things to, to, to make things remote and online. We've always been primarily online. Um, and so for us, it was more about adapting to students' needs rather than having to completely change our course. Our PSP is um, powered by Isaac, which is an intuitive AI study. And as a result of that, we have been able to track our students' uh, progress um, and allow them to focus on the areas um, and the topics of law um, where they're struggling. So in a way, the the kind of surroundings and everything that's happening in the world hasn't affected um, our ability to supply and um, continue to ensure that our, the learning opportunities for our students are met. I would say that our classroom option has obviously taken a hit with the fact that naturally nobody can be in, in class to to, to to facilitate these, the classroom option. But other than that, um, our class are completely online. We'll be having Zoom and Skype calls um, with mentors. Any of our workshops will be will, will be done now on Zoom. Um, and so in, in, in essence, students won't be missing out at all. 
So, Naima, that's all great to hear. Uh, A point of clarification, my understanding was that as much as the online uh, components um, provided by Barbary will continue to be available, you know, you've got a laptop and an internet connection, you're good to go. What about the sitting of the actual exam? So, you know, I think under the QLTS, the multiple choice component could be taken remotely, but the actual OSCE had to be done physically in the UK. What are the, uh, what are the location requirements um, under the SQE? So the beautiful, the, well, the good thing about the SQE is that stage one, the MCT will have test centres, so they will uh, likely be able to be taken anywhere around the world. Um, the second stage of the SQE hasn't quite been confirmed yet. Um, I am hoping that similarly to SQE one, that they, we will be able to uh, to take those exams online as well. But because the SQE one is computer based. Um, the, um, in the UK, for example, there'll be Pearson View test centres all over the country. Um, and similarly, Kaplan will arrange for that in um, um, other countries too. So for as far as SQE1, I can assure you that you'll probably likely be able to take SQE1 in your uh, home country um, as it is a computer-based exam. Okay, so it's another. It's a matter of keeping eyes peeled when it comes keeping to location eyes those peeled. Seconds. But it yeah. definitely won't be a step backwards in that we have had to have part of the test in the UK previously. Um, so that will either be mirrored or we'll take a step forward and have some kind of local uh, domiciliation of, of that um, uh, second part. Naima, that does bring us to time. And that has gone very quickly indeed. Um I would like to thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Africa Legal Podcast. And as always, I thank all of our listeners. Now, if you are new to the podcast, you can feel free to peruse all of our back catalogue. This is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud. And be sure to visit us at africalegal.com for all the news, views, and insights that improve your life as a modern African legal professional. So without further ado, I have been Tom Pearson, and this has been the Africa Legal Podcast. Podcast.